0: Hey Patrons, it's me. I just want to thank you for supporting the show. Couldn't do it without you. I want to say hi. What's up? How you doing? It's, uh, don't know what time it is there, but I hope you're cozy. Thanks thanks for the support. Uh, hey, are you up on tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that is here to put you to sleep. We do it the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been keeping you awake. Whether it's uh, thinking, thoughts running through your head, physical sensations, you know, feelings, noises, travel, changes in routine, whatever's keeping you awake. It could be one of those things, it could be a multitude of other things. Uh, but whatever it is, I'd like to take your mind off of that. I'm going to create a safe place and distract you from whatever's keeping you awake. That's what the podcast is. I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to talk uh, like slow and languid. I think if it, my usage of languid is correct, and pauses. You know, I'm I, 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 the, the, like I'm impregnating pauses every minute of every day. Uh, I guess because well, I'm not like uh because I don't know, because usually, yeah, that like, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. And that's, you know, that like I do, I know what I'm doing, but I don't know what I'm talking about. I guess that's the other thing. But the idea of the safe place is that I'm glad you're here. You're welcome uh, to be here. Uh, everybody, this is for everybody that it can help because uh, I know what it's like uh, being there. In the deep, dark night. And the idea, the concept of the podcast is I'm going to ramble and take your mind up and distract you while you cross over the threshold from wake to sleep. I'll keep you company. Whether it takes you 10 minutes or it takes you an hour, I'll be here. Uh, kind of like your boyfriend, you're like a sleepover party where you don't got to deal with the person sleeping over because uh, they're just there to kind of talk you and, and, and uh, be your companion. Yeah. Uh, now, if you're new Structure Show, we got five minutes of business at the top. It's kind of critical to kind of keep the archives and the show free. We've got about 500 something old episodes you can listen to. Uh, then we have an intro. It's about 12 minutes, uh, kind of a show within a show. Some people skip ahead. Those time stamps should be in the, where the story starts, that should be in the um, show notes. Uh, but the like this part is kind of like a long uh, description and metaphor about the podcast. Tonight and then tonight we'll talk about Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, the episode "The Game" tonight, and that's like a virtual reality Google Glass uh, episode. Uh, also, I don't know if it's Wesley Crusher's first love or his first kiss. To be honest, I'm not a TNG historian. But we do get some Wesley Crusher. I don't think it, it, he's been on the show for a little while. So that's nice. Ashley Judd's in this episode. But So we'll talk about Star Trek for about 40, 45 minutes. We'll have some thank yous, and that'll be the show. So the podcast, you, you don't need to listen to it. It's a little bit silly. The idea is to make you look forward to bedtime or to take some of the seriousness out of bedtime, to put you at ease, to make you feel welcome and at home. In your own bed, you know, where else do you deserve to feel rested and safe and at home than your own bed? Uh, And I'll be here to kind of take your mind off whatever you're feeling or thinking about. uh, And, but you don't need to listen to me. I'll kind of distract you. But you're also under no pressure to fall asleep. You can fall asleep on your schedule. Take your time because I'll be here for an hour or you can set up multiple, you know, multiple episodes to play. I mean, the reason I make the show is because I've been there in the deep dark night having trouble falling asleep, uh, tossing and turning. So that's the kind of, that's the, uh, if you're, if you're new here. And it takes you a couple tries so for a lot of people to get used to it. You know, I'm not a, this isn't a normal podcast. I'm not a normal person. Those are just uh, facts. But I, I try to be as kind hearted as I can. And, you know, I hope this show helps you. And let's see. So let's talk about tonight's episode. How is it a metaphor for the podcast? So tonight's episode is about a virtual reality like Google Glass VR style game. Not fully immersive. It's like an overlay. What are those called? Uh, Augmented reality? That never took off, really. I mean, at some point that will. That's like a benefit. I think that was the whole idea of Google Glass, right? Uh, For those of you that don't know what Google Glass was, it was like a thing where you put on clear glasses and it would have like an overlay, like kind of like a robocop or, uh, you know, it's in a lot of sci-fi movies and science fiction. You could say, uh, you know, geez, how much does that cost just by looking at it? Or how, I guess you wouldn't really know, need to know. Would have been good for that episode of Mystery Show. It would have, would have cheated us from knowing from that episode of Mystery Show if it was just like, well, this is how tall he is because I have Google Glass on. Or locate belt Buckle. Uh, But, like, I don't know if uh, if the technology is quite there for, like, because, I don't know. But this one, it's like that, except that it also gives you the game. The trick of the game is that it gives you, uh, like, either mental or at least it releases a lot of dopamine or something. This game in the Star Trek episode. Where me, where the people when they score or whatever they they clear level they feel really good. So yeah, I don't know if that's like a great example. For some reason, when I started thinking about that, I just started thinking about Mario Kart, which is way more relatable than any of that. And I think they're getting ready to put out a new Mario. I don't have the Nintendo Switch, but I think they're getting ready to put out a new Mario Kart for that. And that's a pretty beloved game and a fun game, all ages game, but very competitive. I'm not very super good at it, except against little kids, and even then, I can't always win. But a lot of times at bedtime, it could feel like that—the uh, the racing, like your 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 mind's racing. That's what happens for me a lot of times. And sometimes it could be like, especially if you got like the one with has the throwback ones. You say, "Well, dude, what am I going like? A, am I, what's the cow one? Whatever that one is, the farm." Moo Moo Farms or am I like at, uh, you know, La La Land or whatever, Luigi's, uh, house of stuff, you know, or the thing, the place where Wario lives, like, uh, you, you find yourself going in down these alleys and, you know, maybe it's about high school, maybe it's about work and it, it can be tough to get out of, uh, and then you feel like you're on a circuit and you're like, well, I just want to stop and go to bed, but I don't exactly know where the off switch is. Or as soon as I feel like I'm getting ahead, you got a Koopa Trooper. I don't think... Are there Koopa Troopas? People are throwing Koopa Troopas. I don't know how they... Like, how do the Koopa Troopas feel about that? Like, uh, those are the turtles, right? Maybe, I don't... Or maybe... Are Koopa Troopas and mushrooms? How can you... Can you race as a, um, How about that? I know it's too late because the game's probably already finished, but it's like... Uh, how cute, can it be everybody and a kid version of everybody... Uh, but can you be a turtle? I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm uh, I mean, I guess so like some of those are more advanced turtles, like, uh, whatever that one is, whose name I just said. And now I forgot, not worry but to the, the big turtle, but I would just like to be Ko- Koopa Trooper number one, you know, or Koopa Trooper two. Like, uh, but I guess like, do they feel like they're fulfilling the purpose? or Like finally someone's throwing me my shell in a car. So I can, you know, knock them out of first place. Or the ones that are like like, like uh, the red ones, they can... I mean, the green ones, they're kind of just live a life of randomness. They get thrown, they bounce around. Maybe they do something, maybe they don't. Have I proposed any books by Koopa Troopas? Uh, my life is a Koopa Troopa. It, you know, then maybe something with a Drupa. Because, you know, my, my you know, I don't know. My life as a Koopa Troopa does have a nice ring to it, but I would want to set it, you know, something uh, to really make it pop. I think game, I, my brain just said, what about game over? My life as a Koopa Troopa. I said, well, that's probably, that's a little uh, all or nothing and probably game over. has probably been used in a bit, about a billion different books. So, I don't know, if your brain feels like it's got turtle shells bouncing around on the inside of it and, you know, Wario, or what about if you just have somebody like Luigi says, Luigi, like over and over again, uh, or Wario or whatever, um, you know, that could get on your nerves. And so, this bike isn't meant to take your mind off of that stuff, whether it's figuratively or, I mean, this has happened, like where you live in an apartment building and one, you know, then... I mean, I bet you this, you know, get a hold of me, Nintendo. What, how about offering me some funds for offset? Like when, uh, Mario Kart gets released again, there's gonna be a lot of apartment play- places where people are playing Mario Kart all night, and then somebody's in the next apartment over trying to sleep, and, you know, they're just hearing that, you know, all that stuff. You could hire me. Like, I could put those people to sleep if somebody's playing Mario Kart, uh, you know, because there's a lot of sound effects and stuff in that game, which are great if you're playing it. So anything not Nintendo related or Nintendo related, you know, whatever it is that's keeping you awake, I, I don't know if that's the best metaphor, and it had nothing to do with Star Trek. Um, I don't even know how I got to Mario Kart, to be honest with you. And my, you know, then being a, pen, you know, I'm a ghost writer for Cupatrupas now. Coopa troopa poopa. That you, if you need to make a kid laugh, just say that. Uh, you don't even—that's free. That's on the house. Uh, any next time you're in an awkward situation with any child, say Koopa troopa poopa," and see what they do. You could—you could have that one. And it's the person making this podcast. But the whole idea of the podcast is uh, make you feel welcome, because you deserve a good night's sleep. All right, and uh, it doesn't work for everybody. Give it a few tries. If you're skeptical, why wouldn't you be? Uh, But from here on out, we'll be talking about an episode of Star Trek. And just like I say every single time, like, I'm really glad you're here. And I really hope, I really work hard, and I yearn to help you fall asleep. So thanks for coming by. Hey, everybody, we're talking about, uh, let's see, I don't know, episode, mm, I don't know exactly. It was season five episode, I'm not sure the episode number, actually. Uh, but the episode is The Game, and I don't know, I, I watched this quite a while ago, so, so like, I mean, not super long ago, but, you know, maybe two or three months ago, and so I kind of barely remember it, and I don't know if it was on Max's list of uh, Trek shows, or it was just that it was, it's interesting, with, with the Google Glass they had maybe a few years ago, uh... So it's an interesting episode, but it's from season five, early on in season five. I think it came out in 1991, maybe October. I think I saw that somewhere. But the opening sequence is very funny, uh, very good. It's Riker is on leave, and he's in a bathrobe, and he's with his L-O-V-E-R, and she, it's a very flirty uh, situation. She steals his communicator. They're on RISA, R-I-S-A. Her name's Atana. And then she like, there's this great moment I'm watching right now, 54 seconds into the episode. She steals it. So they're kind of chasing each other around this apartment uh, or hotel or Airbnb. And very like, uh, very, they're both like, uh, like they like each other a lot and uh, they're having fun. And she's playing with his communicator. She's like, commander Riker, come in or whatever. And then she just throws it right out the window of the uh, the apartment. Oh, she says, I have a terrible problem down here on Risa. And he can't believe it. She goes, go get it. He, and he's like, I can't believe it. And she goes, believe it. And then they kind of take the flirting to another level. Uh, uh, don't believe it. I don't believe you just did that. Uh, Riker's in a bright blue robe. Very nice. And total fun flirty passion. Very passionate. You can see... And then she puts this headset on Riker's head, and he's like, "What is this?" Uh, like first, you think they're gonna do, you know, uh, you know, they feel it seems like they feel like making doo doo to doom, you know. But she puts it on the headset on his head, and but it has these things uh, like uh, these uh, pieces, like just like Google Glass, like pointing at your eyes. And she says, "What's this?" And she goes, "It's a game. Everyone's playing it." And Riker goes, "What do I do? Open my eyes or closed?" And she goes, "Open." And then Riker kind of sees a playing field with like kind of like a Tron, like just circles. Like it's not too important. It's like a low, like not that great of graphics, but a very basic game. There's just like a a blue funnel and a red disc. And he sees that. She says, "He says, What do I do now?'" And she goes, uh, "Put the disc in the cone." And he said, "Wait!" I says, "Well, you know, with the game, my dear." And she laughs, and she says, uh, "Just do do that, and, and just relax, and and you'll get it." And at first, he doesn't get it. Then he gets the second one, and he has this like a uh, uh, oh face, like where he almost moans uh, with pleasure. And he goes, "What was that?" And she goes, "That was your reward." Uh, and he goes, how far does this game go? And she goes, as far as you could take it. So very, it's on the nose dialogue, subtextual dialogue, but it's more funny because it's against the, it, they, I really think this is a really like a high level storytelling, to be honest with you, because, uh, it's not subtextual because they could just be, you know, they're already in bed, you know, they've already been with each other. So I think it's just fun. And uh, she goes, as far as you can take it, are you ready for level two? And then the episode begins. And, you know, they say captain's log. Riker's back from uh, break uh, on Risa, and we're headed to the Phoenix Cluster. It's a historic first look at the region. And I think it starts on the bridge. R- Riker. Yeah, Riker, let's see. 2 Riker's been gone two weeks, I think. I put two weeks uh Will is in charge of the science team. So I think uh, they say, like, uh, Picard says, dude, you're in charge of the science team. We've got a ton of science teams from the Zukov because uh, we only have two weeks to explore this Phoenix cluster. Oh, that's what they say, two weeks. That's not enough time. I thought we had five weeks. They go, well, we've got diplomatic stuff on Oceanus 4. So Picard says, well, you know, deal with the scientists. And he says, well, that's going to be a juggling act. And he goes, well, here's a piece of good news, Wesley. We're going to go. Wesley Crusher's coming for vacation, and Riker says, "That's great. We'll put him right to work then, because we need his help." Uh, and let's see, Crusher's coming for a visit. Then we see, of all people, uh, the famous actress uh, Ashley Judd, and this was really a delightful surprise for me. The first time I watched, it. I said, "That's a, like it's like I said, that's Ashley Judd," and she was kind of popping open a console and engineering. And it looked like she was taking out some gadgets. And then Riker kind of rolls in there with the Riker struts. Uh, Not too, like, actually, he's looking more business like business. He's really moving. He's not strutting. I'm wrong because I'm rewatching it now. He checks in with Jordy. They talk about the exobiologists. uh, It seemed like they're a pain in the butt or something. They got some cartographers. 15 science teams, two weeks, only one long-range array. So they do some uh, chatting, and then he's, uh, Jordy says, I want you to meet Robin Leffler, uh, Mission Specialist Robin Leffler, by the way. And Jordy goes, we just promoted, uh, promoted Mission Specialist Leffler uh, because she's so good. And Riker says, congratulations. And so Riker puts her right to the test. He goes, what's our sensor status? She goes, well, we're working on the bandwidth, so uh, we can use the scientists. Can use more sensors? We're going to multiplex it. And Riker says, can you get it done fast? And she goes, you you can count on it, sir. And he goes, keep it up, Leffler. I like that name, Leffler, very uh, just Leffler. It's uh, like a sleep podcast. And then, uh, yeah, so she gets to show off her knowledge. Then he leans into Jordy. Leffler walks away and he goes, I brought something back from Risa. You have to try, man. And Jordy goes, dude, I got about, I got to do a sensor calibration in 10 minutes. Uh, so I, I, you know, can I catch you later? And he says, no problem. Then we have another epic scene, uh, very another epic fun scene, about seven minutes. Uh, you get we're at 10 forward. Deanna Troy's eating a chocolate Sunday, so just like a call back or a call forward, uh, from last week when uh, I guess it was a call forward because that was season three. When we know when uh, Troy's stressed, she likes to drink chocolate or eat chocolate fu- or uh, Sundays. I don't know if it was chocolate Sundays. But Riker rolls up behind her. as She's just about to eat her Sunday And he says, she's well, chocolate ice cream, fudge, chocolate chips. Are you depressed? She goes, I'm fine. But maybe she isn't, you know, because he was just on like a lover's holiday. And Riker goes, Should I leave you two alone? And she goes, no, you can join us. And then she offers him almost the first bite. And she's smiling the whole time. And then it gets very seductive. Uh, Riker, me and Riker, I didn't know we had so much in common. He doesn't like fudge, neither do I. I don't loathe it, but I, I'm not out, going out of my way to have fudge on anything. I mean, maybe on the, on someone on the planet, Reese, uh, I, I would do that maybe. But uh, it doesn't work out so hot for this episode anyway. But Troy says, I never met a chocolate I didn't like. And then it really gets... Uh, Seductive. I don't know how else to say this. Uh, Riker goes. She, she's uh, like slowly working her uh, Sunday. She's doing like some shaping of it, and it's slow and smooth. And she really goes. I, I called it the Chaco Sunday experience because uh, she goes into depth on it. And, uh, she shows her whole method and this really gets Riker's attention because it is essential. I mean, I don't know how else to say it in, uh, uh, like, uh, I guess it's another part of this whole episode. Uh, but she goes, it's, she goes, it's just not a matter of taste. Uh, it's the whole experience. First of all, you spoon the fudge around the rim, leaving, leaving only the, uh, Ice cream in the middle. Then you spoon around the sides like you're sculpting it. Relish every bite. Make everyone into... I think Sting, when he was into the tantric stuff, you know? I think this was in his book. Relish every bite. Make everyone an event. And then, with the last spoonful, close your eyes. And Riker and, Butcher, and he goes, I had no idea it was such a ritual. She goes, chocolate is a serious thing, bruh. And then Riker says, you think that's serious? I brought something back from Risa better than chocolate. And then he says, she says, oh, what is it? And he goes, just a game. And whatever he says, it makes her smile. Like, I don't know if it was like they used to play games together or what, uh, but, but, but but they have a little exchange. Yeah, big Troy smile, better than chocolates. Uh, and then there's an ad, and then we see two spaceships after the ad break, uh, Enterprise and another one. There's no commentary. And then we see Wesley uh, energize in. He's all grins. O'Brien's there. Wesley's wearing black pants with a shirt with a blower, lower black three-quarters uh, three, qu- three quarters and then a red upper and he's like, "No, O'Brien, no one's here to greet me." He's a little disappointed. He goes, "Where's my mom?" Oh, he goes, "By the way, congrats on your baby." So O'Brien uh, has had a baby that looks just like him. Uh, but he goes, "Don't uh, know. Everybody's in a meeting. You got to just go to your mom's room." And he goes, "Could I just stop by the meeting and say hi?" He goes, uh, "Let me check." And then they call. I mean, I started to get the idea something was happening. And O'Brien says, uh, Worf answers, yeah, what do you want? And O'Brien's like, Wesley Crusher's here. He wants to stop and say hi. And Worf says, expo, 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 suppose that's acceptable. So then they have a surprise for him. You know, spoiler alert. Uh, but they're going to be spo- they're spoiling Wesley. And as you know how much I love Worf and Data, uh, it's a really good scene. Ten minutes in. So they surprise him. You know, his mom obviously is the first one to say hi and hug him. Uh, then Troy and uh, Jordy. Uh, then Picard wants to test him on his Latin, which is good. And then, uh, you know, they say, oh, like, uh, Jordy has kind of almost ruins it because his mom said, says, You look great. And Troy's like, You're handsome. Uh, or no, his mom says, Your uniform looks great. And Jordy says, I bet you're driving the girls wild. Uh, but Worf saves the day. He calls across the room with pride. He goes, "Wesley, the Tavorkian pound cake. I made it myself." And Wesley's like, "Thanks, Worf. And then Worf looks back at Riker's cracking up. I don't know if it was not real or whatever. And then Data says, "Wesley, was your attempt to, to was the attempt to, to make you uncomfortable effective?" And Wesley's like, "Yeah, kind of." I, I did. And he goes, "So you were pleased by our deception?" And he goes, "Yeah." And then Rickard goes, "What are you? Are you here to work or play?" And Wesley goes, "What do you need?" And he goes, "Well, we got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I know you want to go down to the holodeck and try out Crusher Four, or whatever you call your secret, you know, holiday stuff. But you know, we could use some help." And Wesley's like, "That's great." Uh, and then Jordy goes, "Okay, get down to engineering as soon as you unpack your stuff." Uh, and then uh, Jordy heads out with data. And then uh, they think they're asking, I think Crusher and Troy are talking about the game, and Troy's like, come on, by." Then Data and uh, Wesley are in the hall talking kind of about school and social awkwardness. Let me just check this other set of notes here. Uh, Black pants. Oh, Wesley has a typical plastic circle luggage. Made it myself, in pound cake. uh Oh, Data also cluck-clucked like laughter when he was talking about the surprise. Yeah, then they're in the hall with Data, I said, geez, they didn't even give him time to eat his cake. Uh, but uh, Data says, how's the Academy? Uh, and Wesley goes, I thought it would be easy, but it's, you know, a lot more than just ship stuff. Uh, and Data goes, yeah, I did good at school, but, you know, it was socially tough. uh you know, practical jokes, and Wesley goes, yeah, this Adam Martoni sonic showered me with mud, but I got him back, and then Data goes, by the way, yeah, social stuff like the Sadie Hawkins dance uh, was awkward, and Wesley's like, yeah, I can't even dance, Uh, and Data goes, well, why didn't you learn to, you know, your mother's an expert, and Wesley goes, the dancing doctor, even she couldn't treat me, and then Data does a sales pitch. He goes, I'm happy to teach you dancing. I've programmed a comprehensive 17-part course with uh, holographic partners. And he goes, actually, I cross-referenced some of the people in Crusher 4. Uh, so, you know, it would suit you. Uh, but I said, that's like a pitch on the Internet. You know, oh, come to my site. I got a 17-part holographic course. You know, come to my webinar type thing. Uh, Let's see, social data... Oh, data did an odd good for you. It was a little bit odd. Uh, Then uh, he goes straight to work on the signal flow. Uh, Then Ashley Judd, Robin Lefters, shows up because Wesley's all frustrated. And she kind of schools Wesley. She's like, don't you know how to calibrate stuff manually? Uh, You know, you can't just uh, force the deflectors or whatever. You got to do it by hand. Wesley goes, that's what the computer's for. And she goes, no, uh, Law 17. When all else fails, do it yourself. Uh, and Wesley goes, wow, that worked. And then he says, uh, yeah, I'm Wesley, by the way. And she goes, oh, yeah, I know. She's got this smile. I mean, she's like, dude, you're the dancing doctor's son. We all know who you are. Wharf breaks you cake. But uh, she, he goes, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And then uh, they kind of share this long handshake. She goes, I'm Robin Leffler. Uh, Wesley's biting his lower lip, so it's very on point. Uh, and uh, she's like, totally, like, you're totally famous, dude. And they, he, it's such a long moment. She goes, by the way, your, your neutrinos are drifting. Uh, and he looks back, looks back at her. Uh, then we're on the bridge. Jordy's stressed because all the uh, scientists are, you know, d- disagreeing. And he goes, we got to flip a coin, I guess, Data, to get him to work it out. Uh, And Data goes, okay, I'll replicate a coin. And then Data gets called to sick bay uh, by Crusher. Uh, Also, Data or Jordy had like when they were on the bridge, he had like a flip phone that was like a tablet flip phone, which I thought was interesting. Also, when Dr. Crusher called Data, she was, she goes, Data, could you please, she had a robotic voice, which is always a sign. And then she goes, uh, she she, she said she was working on something, but then she just shuts Data off. She tricked him. And then her, Troy, and Riker come in, and it's very uh, Twilight Zone. They put Data on a bed, and they laser his brain. And it goes to an ad because she said, "She's that's not good." The laser and data's his brain, and then there's ad break, and then we have uh, the, we're back at a uh, uh, Riker or uh, Picard's room or something. Full on tea set, silver he, Riker or uh, Picard's broken out the silver and the proper china. I mean, I don't know what sterling silver is, but I think that's what – look, I don't know if he polishes his own silver, Picard. Uh, but it was like a real proper silver and, in, in uh, China and Picard's talking about his Hagrid. It, this was good. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he was talking about his Hagrid. Like I felt like I was in a Harry Potter crossover because Wesley goes, well, I met old Boothby, but he didn't remember you. Or he goes, oh, I met old Boothby. And goes, Picard goes, oh, how is old Boothby? He must've been talking about me nonstop. And Wesley goes, he didn't remember you until I showed you a picture He's proud of you now. And he goes, is he still keeping up the grounds, you know, like uh, just like Hagrid does? Uh, and Wesley goes, oh, yeah, he's still, he took me on a whole tour, showed me every blade of grass. Uh, and Picard goes, I had the same tour. And then Wesley goes, what does AF stand for? And Picard goes, AF? And he goes, yeah, Boothby said you were carving those initials into an elm tree. And the goes, "Huh, acquaintance of mine, eh?" He goes, "Wesley, don't do it. Even if you, you know, fall for somebody, uh, you know, I failed organic chemistry because the AF. Uh, let's see, cons- but then they get a call to the sick bay because uh, conspiracy dip- deepens. Because at first, Jordy, Riker, and Crusher." They stage. At first they thought they were staging a show for the captain. They go, we don't know what's wrong with Data. But then I realize they think they were tricking Geordi as well. Uh, there's also an uh, extreme close-up of a flip pad in case you want to see one. I don't have the exact time. Uh, then Riker kind of draws Geordi in. After they check, they say, well, we don't know what's with Data. We better work on him. Uh, because Riker goes to Jordy, geez, like I think you need to unwind. And Jordy goes, yeah, I'm so stressed. He goes, come on, let's go up to 10 forward. I want you to try something. Uh, then we have Wesley and Robin. They're talking arrays and things, uh, arrays and such, I put, uh, and Wesley totally asks her out. Uh, it was great. So they're talking about, you know, they're working on arrays. She talks about her philosophies of life. Because he goes, you got a funny way of looking at conduit configuration, because law 36, that's what you, like, I never understand, I didn't quite understand this. I don't know if it's linked to another episode, her laws. But she goes, you go with what works. Uh, Wes, he goes, what are these? And she goes, my personal laws, uh, I make up the laws when I learn things. And he goes, how many do you have? She goes, 102 and they work well together. And Wesley goes, why do I get the feeling you already know me? She goes, well, my friends at the academy talked about you, how you tricked Adam Martoni. You're so cool. Uh, You got him with chili sauce. Uh." And Wesley goes, well, that's not the whole story. She goes, is is it true what they say about your birthmark? You know, and I guess I don't know what part of his body it's on. And Wesley goes, well, that's not fair. I don't know anything about you. And she goes, yeah, law 46. Wesley goes, oh, life's not fair. And he goes, well, I gotta go work on the sensor array, but I'd like to even the score. How about coffee? And she goes, no. How about dinner? Uh, then uh, we have a captain's log. I don't think there was an ad break though, and they've arrived at the Phoenix cluster, but it's gonna be a couple hours till they figure out where to do the survey from, and data's still not, uh, you know, doing good. Some great special effects here. Uh, then we have a close up of uh, Dr. Crusher playing the game, and she's in total ecstasy. So, and then Wesley walks in on her, like right when, I mean, and she's like, Wesley, whoa, boy. Uh, uh, and she goes, then she's like, You got to try this game. Uh, she goes, I, I was playing it, but it's for you. Uh, it's so fun. And Wesley goes, what is it? And she goes, a game from Reese. Everybody's playing it. And Wesley says, well, later, uh, I got a crush on somebody, worried about my data. Maybe I should go help out. And she goes, no, no, you're on vacation. T- take a little break. Uh, and Wesley goes, the oh, lights are down low, Mom, and you're, 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 uh, you're, you're whatever. You have a shame to you. And she goes, come on, Wes, are you in a hurry? He goes, yeah, I got a date. And she goes, who? And he goes, Robin Leffler. She goes, why don't you come over? We could all play this game together. And Wesley goes, Mom. And she goes, sorry. I just want to spend some time with my son. And now I feel that ache that the parental ache has. Uh, they, I mean, she's not going through it now because she's under the spell of the game. But Wesley goes, don't worry, Mom. We'll hang out. We'll spend some time together. But she's really aggressive with the guilt to try to get him into this game. She goes, just trying one on just for size, you know. And tries everything, and then Wesley still resists. So then she does this soft sell and she just leaves the game for him. She leaves it out. But then we see a close up of Wesley's face, and he suspects something, maybe. Uh, Then it's daytime, and they're both dressed very nice. Like, Wesley had, they both had colors that were tough to describe. Uh, And then we also see kind of the sad, emotional side of Robin Leffler. But yeah, I can't describe what colors they're wearing. Like, uh, Robin's almost wearing, um, like a melon with, uh, like some reds in it. And then Wesley has something that's a light blue or turquoise, but not quite either one of those kind of like flavorful colors. Like you would, I would taste either one of their, uh, Wesley has like a cotton sweater on, so I don't know if I'd taste it. never mind. I shouldn't be talking about this, but yeah, Robin talks about, uh you know, her childhood a little bit. And why she has these rules is because, uh, parents' work came first. Uh, that's why I learned you can only count on yourself. And Wesley goes, well, that seems lonely. And uh, the, then they talk about the game and it being a fad and see nobody that's playing it. And neither one of them has tried it. Some recent gadget that goes over your ears. And they look at a woman totally zoned out playing it, uh, and Wesley goes, geez, I'd like to reverse engineer it before I try it." Uh, and Robin's like, "That's a great idea. Like, let's do that." And Wesley goes, "Yeah, we could like look at it in the med lab or something, uh, and test it out on a you know emulated human." And Robin goes, "Oh yeah, we could try. We could use an optical sensor." And they're like, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah. So then they go down to the med bay. They run all sorts of tests uh, in the frontal lobe. A reticular formation—it it causes heavy synaptic activity, and they even speed up the processor to see what, how it would do over prolonged like uh, time. It simulates the septal area, which West looks like that's the pre- pleasure center of the brain. That's what West the Crusher 4 does. Uh, and he goes, This must feel pretty good. And Robin's like, No wonder it's popular, but then Wesley's like, look at the serotonin levels. Uh let's do a chemical analysis. Uh it's bonding to the neuroreceptors. This is like psychotropic. Robin's like, You think it's addictive? And Wesley's like, There's it's affecting higher reasoning. I better tell the captain. So uh correct me if I'm wrong, It's psychotropic, uh, so uh, Wesley goes to Cavney He says, come. And uh, Wesley goes, sorry to bother. He goes, that's no bother, Wes. He goes, how's everything going? Wesley's like, well, that's not why I'm here. He sits down. His hands are clasped. And Picard's kind of playing dumb. He goes, have you seen this game? Picard's like, yeah. He goes, it's addictive. It might have some uh, side effects. Uh, Picard goes, really? What have you discovered? And he goes, the serotonin frontal lobes, you know, brain reasoning, whole nine yards. And says, well, I'll look into it immediately, Mr. Crusher. Glad to have you back again. And then Wesley walks out, and Picard turns around and puts on, uh, like, a headset, and it's like dun-dun-dun, and it's like an extreme close-up. So, you know, that's like a very—and i got to tell you right now, i got to take a second— it really is, is like straightforward as this game is like to have this virtual reality like this uh, the next couple of parts of the story uh they really had me the first and the second time because i was so spread spread apart when i saw it and my mind is so unretentive that like at the all or all or nothing like everything is lost a moment it's like oh no what are they gonna do for cards into this game i i even the second time, I said, how are they going to possibly resolve this? And so I think, like, the plotting this, I really thought was impressive. Like, really, or the, uh, like, that's one of my favorite things about Game of Thrones, is the ability to, uh, what is it called? When you look one way, misdirection was great. And misdirection was really quality on this episode. Of course, I am mean, guess I'm spoiling it by telling you, but you probably, you know, it's for your own good. You just get kicked back. Uh, so now we're at like 28 minutes in the episode. We see the Epi- Enterprise. There's some cool star clusters. And then we have the game overlay, like the overlay of the game, like through our eyes. We're seeing it through first person. And then we realize it's so chief O'Brien, cause he goes up to Robin who is still on the date. So this is still, she says, Hey, have you tried this? Robin's like, Oh yeah, it's so great. Uh, uh, but she's a little nervous. Uh, And then Wesley shows up uh, and Robin's like, man, no one will leave me alone about this game. And Wesley goes, I talked to the captain. He's looking into it. And she goes, well, I hope he makes an announcement because this is really strange. Everybody just keeps playing the game. And then the woman's like, where's your game? And Robin goes, in our quarters. And then she goes, well, use mine. And she goes, no, it's okay. And then she goes, try it. And Wesley goes, she said, no, thank you. So then they leave, uh, and then Wesley goes, You know what's strange is that, uh, if this game's addictive, the only person that couldn't get addicted to it is some malfunctioning. And Robin's like, Data. And he goes, Yeah, how could that possibly happen? We better go check data. And also, I noticed that they were hand, they were holding hands at this moment, uh, Uh, that they're going on their investigation. I think it was like a short, long sleeve was covering so their hands weren't actually touching. So they go to check on data. They map his neuros and his servos, and they see the cuts to data. They're like, he's been lasered. His brain's been lasered. And Wesley goes, there's only two people on board that could do this, Commander LaForge and my mother. And then they do a lot of exposition, which was funny. But just in case uh, the episode was hard to follow, uh, they lay it all out. They go, well, maybe something is going on here more than we thought. So uh, what if someone's using the game for a purpose other than pleasure? And then Robin says, then data would have gotten in the way. And the only way to keep data, if there was data out of the way, can get us all addicted. And Wesley says, everyone but us. Uh, then we go to the bridge and... Uh, Worf's like, we're at the coordinates. There's a ship on its way, uh, Captain. And Picard is totally on his He goes, advise them of our status, Mr. Worf, and go and replicate what you need and make sure the devices are distributed. And he goes, and don't forget Mr. Crusher. Like, all the grown-ups are there. And that was kind of uh, um, Twilight zone too. There's a close-up of Picard uh, smiling, and then Dr. Crusher... And uh, Fado 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 Tater, what does this mean? I don't know, Dr. Crusher and something look. Fake to Fader, fake to Fado Fader. Uh, But whatever, we go to uh, Crusher's quarters and she's like looking for Wesley. And uh, I think she was with, maybe she wasn't by herself, maybe she had people with her. And she goes, Wesley, Wesley, where are you? Oh, maybe that was fake or fake. It's a fake out. I think I was trying to write something was about the fake outs. Yeah. Cause he goes him and Robin are b- b- pretending to play the game together. Oh yeah. Worf is with Dr. Crusher. So they're like looking like, uh, you know, they're playing the game in parallel and, uh, having a moment. So Dr. Crusher is very happy that her son is under the spell of the game. And then Wesley and Robin are like, okay, well, that bought us some time, uh, we can't trust anybody. And they go, we got to get back to work. So they think we're at work. And Wesky's like, okay, well, I have a plan. You know, start getting the access codes. Uh, I, I want to try something. And Robin says, don't forget Law 91. Watch your back. And Wesky says, you too. Uh, then we see a strange ship, and they say we're on the uh, bridge. And Worf says, vessel's coming. All the senior officers, are, Picard calls him to the bridge. And then, who do we see on the screen but Riker's date from the planet, Atana? And it's like, uh, WTF, like, you gotta be kidding me. And they say, don't worry, we're waiting for your instructions, boss. And she goes, okay, the expansion's gonna proceed. Uh, Riker, you go to Kuleon and meet Endeavor. LaForge and Troy, you're going to Starbase 67. And the Picard says we even have a chance to bring it to the Starfleet Academy. And she goes, "Excellent, get to work. Uh, the Qatarians will commend your efforts, and you'll be rewarded." Uh, yeah. Then, uh, then we have Wesley. Then there's ad break. I uh, know oh, there's ad break. Then she lays out the expansion plans. Uh, uh, then Wesley's in the hall without fake a headset on, which everyone's wearing a headset. Then he goes on the turbo lift. Uh, and he's with a woman like who's playing the game and having her moments, so it's like an awkward city. And she goes, What level are you on? And Wesley goes, Only level ten. She goes, I'm at forty seven. And Wesley goes, That's great. And she goes, You know what the secret is? Don't force it. If you let it happen, it just plays itself. And Wesley's like, I'll try that, uh, uh, then he sees Robin, he says, uh, in engineering he goes, Hey, can you help me override something? But she's in a trance. So this was again, like, uh, the, the with Picard and then Robin where the misdirection really had me. I said, okay, they, they, I don't think she's faking it. I think she's really, uh, been taken under the spell of the game. Uh, so she goes, Robin says, Wesley, it's your turn to play the game. And then Riker and Worf come out and Wesley runs. He has to jump over. He has to fake them out, jump over a console. Uh, then there's a little action cause they try to contain Wesley and Wesley uses Crusher one, the transport program he programmed to get away. And all the grown-ups are after him. And then Wesley's almost stuck, but then he comes up with this phaser fake-out, which I was like, they let kids have phasers on, uh, the start of the Enterprise? Uh, there's these two, uh, worthless, uh, like, uh, in- dudes inspecting stuff on deck six where Wesley's hiding. Rando security guards, I put, uh, and Jordy is on it. So what does that mean? Oh, the, the Rando security guards are on it. It's, uh... And Riker and Worf are frustrated because Riker's like, where the, how the hell did we lose him? And Worf goes, what about the thermals? And they kind of track Wesley down. And then Wesley goes into like the, the what do you call it, the service corridor, you know, wherever you crawl through the uh, service corridors or whatever they're called, the conduits, I think. Uh, but then Riker and Worf catch him. And then I said, all is lost. Both times, I said, how are they—again, I said, all is lost. There's no way out. And then they're on the bridge, and Crusher's like, don't worry, Wesley. We're just going to—and um, then Picard says, you gave us quite a trace, a chase, Mr. Crusher. And then he goes, Dr. Crusher, uh, wait, let me just check uh, my notes, though, before the— almost stuck, phaser fake-out, rando security guards— uh, also, Wesley dropped onto the screen like MacGyver one time when he was in the conduits. Uh, there was action music, uh, good action music. Uh, yeah, then he gets busted, and, and then they say submit to the game, and they sit him down, and they put the uh, Google Glass thing on him. And they go, don't worry, Wesley, you're going to love it. This game is great. Uh, just let, go, let it go, Dr. Crusher says. Uh, just relax and play the game. And then I guess this was Deus, uh, like, like machina, machina or something. But really it wasn't because, because actually right when they, uh, yeah, so they're uh, making Wesley submit. And then the power goes out, and then Data rolls in with a strobe light, which is really unexpected to me. And he's strobe lighting everyone's eyes, and then Picard looks hungover, and then Data starts giving out orders after he strobe lights everybody, and they start to come to. Uh, Data says, you know, put the lights on. He goes, Wharf, there's a ship off the starboard bow. Secure with the tractor beam. Raise our shields. And then he goes, Captain, are you all right? And Picard says, I think so. And then Worf says, a vessel's calling. And it's a ton she goes, what in the heck's going on over there? And Picard goes, it's simple. You, your attempt to capture our ship has failed. And she goes, release this immediately, or, you know, it's a battle. And then Riker, I mean, Riker had to be a little bit uh, embarrassed, you know. I don't know if he told everybody, uh. You spent a weekend with just uh, you know I was played isn't this how uh, the whole thing with uh, the whole Battlestar Galactica unfolds in the uh, pilot episode I think it's the same way uh, but uh, what Rikers been but whatever Rikers doesn't you know he's still busy he goes uh, he goes uh, tactical analysis and works like this is not a, this is not something we need to worry about. And uh, Riker goes get her off the screen, and Jordy, and then Jordy's like, I can't believe what we're doing. And we deactivated your data. And did, Wesley goes, Well, I reconnected his positronic matrix. And then I said, Okay, well, at some point off screen this happened, but it was at a sensible point, so it still felt like uh, it wasn't Deism ex Machina really. It was just an unseen part of the plan uh, that Wesley, and Robin, which makes Wesley and Robin's plan even better, because Robin, I think, actually had to get hypnotized. Uh, but let's see. So then they say uh, Data said, "Yeah, Wesley's diversions gave me time to modify the beacon, and I figured out the optical burst patterns, counteracted the game, and we programmed it into all the monitors, so all the work, everybody should be fine." And the record goes, okay, send out a medical team to make sure everybody's okay. And then we'll take this ship in. You know, Preckhardt says, let's put these people under arrest. And then we got to get Wesley back to the, uh, oh, no, then the captain's log comes on. Let me just check. Submit to the game. It's open. Yeah, tactical analysis, no threat. Get her off the screen. Jordy feels guilty. Plans revealed. Yeah, then there's the Captain's like, we delivered the Qatarian vessel to Starbase 82. Now we're going to the Merrimack where Wesley will go back to the Academy. And then Robin and Wesley are, like, flirting in his bedroom. She says, she's I never saw your birthmark. Uh, Wesley goes, how did someone talk about my birthmark? And they do a, first he hugs her from behind, like a very cute uh, hug. Then they had to do, like, a double or triple kiss uh, and then another hug, like kind of teen, teen like a, a parent's dream of teen romance, I'm sure. And she goes, She's I wish you didn't have to go. Wesley goes, me too. And she goes, you will right. And Wesley goes, well, we'll see. you got to kill these rumors you're going to be hearing about my wild style. And then Riker goes, hey, we're here. you got to get down here. He goes, okay, i got to go. And then Robin gives him a Robin Leffler day like uh, saying of the day calendar which I don't know when she whipped it up but she had all 102 laws like in a like kind of a like a binder but it looked like a rule of the day calendar and Wesley goes what about law 103 she goes what's that and he goes a, cou- a couple of light years can't keep good friends apart. And then there's like a close-up of him, uh, of her watching him go off, like walk away. So I said, is that going to be, she is in another episode, but just like for a few seconds, I think. Uh, but yeah, that's it, it comes to a close. And uh, all is well on the Enterprise, as you know, that's how we like it, or that's how I like it normally. Right, Good night.